Hello, my name is Kevin Shields and welcome to the Cracked Real Podcast. This is episode one, which is technically probably episode six or something like that because about five years ago I actually started this podcast recording it on a Zoom mic with local film director Ray Highland. So that was kind of a just a continuation of what we used to do on the radio show on Phoenix FM, which is where I began. I suppose this episode is just going to be an introduction to what I'm hoping to I suppose, achieve with this podcast. And that's just to, well, it was originally just going to be all about movies, but I think I'm going to do it about most entertainment stuff. So I might be talking about movies. I might be talking about some music, which is probably going to be the least uh, important thing I talk about. Like that, that'll be maybe a bit of a specialist episode that I'll be talking about music, but um, it'd be mostly movies, TV, and probably games. That's, of course, when The Last of Us 2 comes out. I'll probably be talking about that for weeks, and maybe Cyberpunk. But for the, I'd say that 99.9% of the time I'll be talking about movies and TV. So if, uh, if I ever get some asshole listener who just wants to complain that I'm talking about a TV show or a game, know that if you had started this show from the start, this is what I'm going to be covering. I suppose for the first episode, it's just going to be an introduction of sorts. I'll talk about why I'm starting this, how I ended up starting it, how I ended up starting Crack Reel at all, why I chose that name, because it's an unusual name, which... Unlike uh, a lot of awful blogs out there, at least sounds a bit different than, I don't know, taking some movie title and adding blogs to it, which I saw a lot of people doing. Uh, for instance, Pulp Blogs was one I saw. It's fucking shy. Cause they were trying to do a riff on Pulp Fiction. It had the same font. Whether that still exists now, I don't know. But I remember that just being cringeworthy. It was Reservoir Blogs, which at least rhymes. And the reason I find all these so stupid is because I thought of them as well. And then when I saw they were already used, I realised not only have people thought of everything, but that they actually kind of sound shit when you say them out loud. Uh, and even worse when I say them now. But um, yeah, and I'll also talk about uh, why the podcast with myself and Ray didn't uh, continue on. Which is mostly, if anything that didn't really follow through is on, is on my back really. Because uh, I have... A lot of ambition for these things and then I kind of run out of steam but I suppose this is one of the first things that I'm actually quite content on continuing. Um, I've made appearances I suppose on radio shows because I started out in a local radio station Phoenix 92.5 FM. I started there 13 years ago now and I've been kind of on and off since. Most recently I've been doing the news up there so that's what kind of got me in the mood for speaking into the airwaves again if you want to call it that way uh, or put it that way and what happened then was a friend of mine uh, Dan Horrigan told me that his brother had a podcast and that they were part of this big podcast network so I should check it out it's all about movies if you really up your alley so I searched what he told me to search and then after about half an hour of listening I was like what the fuck is this because it was nothing but Australian lads talking and then I realised he actually just... I was made the mistake of listening to the network that he was on rather than the actual podcast he recommended. So eventually I found the podcast, which is run by his brother Derek Horgan and Joe O'Donoghue, who the two of them have actually put together probably the most entertaining podcast I've listened to in a long time. And it's called The Lazy Dad's Guide to Movies. And it's something I've wanted to do for years. And actually hearing their podcast and appearing on it is what has push me forward in doing this because for years I've been saying I'd love to do a podcast or like even when I was in Phoenix I would look because obviously if you're on the radio you can't swear talk about whatever you want it's very structured very limited time whatever else and I wanted to do something that was a bit more 
edgy is probably not the right word because when I think of edginess, it just sounds like someone being shocking for shocking sake. But that's not what I wanted to do. It's just that I wanted to be able to talk about whatever I wanted uninhibited. And their podcast was not only, I suppose, relatable because they both of them live 15 minutes away from my house. But it just had a real natural flow. It was two good mates talking about movies. And that's kind of the dream podcast. They just shit talking for sometimes up to two hours, but most of the time about an hour. And by the way, I don't know how long this is going to be because, I mean, I, I never thought I'd be recording this on my own. But I decided I'm going to jump headfirst in and get used to recording on my own. Um, so I don't have to rely on other people all the time. Although there will be very frequent guests on this. Um, I have a few in mind of a few I haven't said it to yet. So I'm not going to even mention their name on this. But hopefully if they're interested, I might get a bit of push with it. But um, I'd heard their podcast and I thought, okay, this is what I want to do. They're... they're shit talking the way they want it they they know about film which is another important part because you see so many podcasts some publications i won't mention because who knows what they're like they'll probably get fucking lawyers after you although they probably won't hear this at the same time uh or they might i don't know i'm gonna fucking try push this as much as i can but um yeah you see some of them where they have three guests on like oh we're the biggest movie buffs in the world and pretty much the only films they've seen are the harry potter films and lord of the rings and star wars and the avengers so that's pretty much the topic they only talk about and you might get the occasional person on who has a bit of a broader range and that probably sounds snobbish or whatever because it's just like oh well people can like what they like and that's true but if i want to listen to a movie podcast i want to hear something that's going to be somewhat different but at least have recommendations and things like that for stuff i may not have seen if it's just going to be all the same mainstream stuff then it's not actually going to add much new to my cinema vocabulary. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But the uh, the main thing was that they had this podcast. It was natural. It's the best thing I've heard come out of Ireland. It's two good mates talking about movies. They had little segments on it. There was one Joe's Video Dungeon where he had just a big collection of shite movies that he picked up over the years. Some of them he probably bought full price, which I like to imagine. Uh, <laughs> just the, the bitter disappointment on his face of sitting home going just spent 12 quid on this which doesn't sound like a lot but when you when you get a shit movie for even a fiver it can feel like a devastating financial loss because it's so bad and i imagine there was plenty of them and their whole segment was well we're gonna each pick one of these movies and we have to watch them review them and they're they're garbage so they had a lot of segments and a lot of ideas and things like that and i was just mostly impressed with just how natural it was and how they just threw it together there was no hesitation there was no oh, I need to wait till I have industry quality equipment to do any of this stuff. They were just like, well, we're going to sit down. We do this anyway. We sit around talking shit about movies all the time. We may as well stick a microphone between us. And what came out is just, I think, probably one of the most endearing podcasts you'll ever hear. And since I knew uh, Derek's brother, I said, I may as well start sending him a couple of messages saying, oh, yeah, I've been listening to the show, big fan, whatever. And it got to a point where I've actually befriended the two hosts now and I've appeared on their show well it should have been about six times but uh derek being the laziest cunt on planet earth has uh managed to upend probably the best podcast you'll ever hear so if, if you're ever jonesing for a podcast that'll really change your life and you can't find it anywhere derek is the man to blame and i do have his address if you need to go around with bricks and put his windows in and scream demanding that he use some sort of 1000 euro hard drive recovery to find the episode that he corrupted that he corrupted that not audacity corrupted um and anyone who's hearing that now and actually believes any of that you're a fucking idiot as well there might be an element of humor throughout this podcast so maybe take 
not take uh, everything so seriously. But what happened was I, I got involved with them. I've appeared in their show a few times and I've thoroughly enjoyed doing it. And again, getting the bug for it then and actually seeing what it's like to just shit talk about movies for very long times. Because every episode I've done with them, we'd be recording maybe three hours and put out two 80 to 90 minute episodes. Or maybe not like it. We'll probably be sitting there shit talking as well between episodes or before episodes and we'd actually we'd feel like just not saying anything at all because it would always be gold like there was a a recent episode where we were talking about uh sex scenes in movies and i remember we had about 20 minutes between the episode where we were just shit talking about it we're like why haven't we been recording all this so we tried to kind of remind ourselves of what we said and try to get the flow back and obviously it wasn't the same because it um it never would be but we we made an effort with it and the episode actually that we did release ended up being pretty good but yeah the the podcast that I'd started a couple of years ago actually five years ago now uh, with Ray Highland was based on Phoenix Film which is a radio show that was the first time I've ever had any sort of radio connection well, I, well the first time I've done something where my name was attached let's say because my brother Johnny who will be appearing on this podcast at some stage because again, we'd be we'd be the same as Derek and Joe in that sense that we'd be sitting there talking for an hour about movies, really in depth about the industry, about actors, about everything, and just thinking to ourselves like, why the fuck haven't we been recording this? This would have been really good to actually release somewhere, and somebody out there might enjoy it. But what happened was he had a radio show. He still has a radio show actually. It's called Important Conversations, and that's also on the Phoenix ninety two point five FM every Thursday at nine, I think. Because um, the the time slot has changed a few times on that show. And I'm pretty sure Phoenix Film is at 8. Because I know that they, the shows would pass over. But I appeared on that as a guest I played. I remember the first song I played in 2007 was uh, Rick Springfield's Jesse's Girl. Because I was, still am, one of the biggest fans of the movie Boogie Nights. And that song features prominently in it. And um, I just remember hearing it and just the scene sticking out to me. I was like, I'd actually love to fucking just get that song out there. Because I don't know, I mean... As far as I knew, people probably didn't know it that well. At least people I knew. And obviously, I just tell a few friends to tune in. Some did. Some probably didn't. And said, oh, you're fucking brilliant. And they didn't hear any of it. So I decided to play that song. And getting a taste of what it's been like on the radio, I was like, that's actually pretty good. And I, I Obviously, I talk about movies all the time. So he said, here, look, I do the, the movie podcast as well. Why don't you appear on that? So I said, okay. Went on that. And then I was part of that pod- or, uh, sorry, that radio show for... I think consistently about six years maybe, maybe seven years. And then it was very broken up. There was times where I wouldn't be there for a few weeks and then I'd be on it. And it kind of, uh, the the drive to keep going was different because there was two shows within that radio show. So there'd be with myself and a few others, including Ray Highland and Johnny and Chris Hitchcock, who pretty much runs the show now himself. I mean, he got it going in the first place. And what it would be is, us talking about the new movies and then the following week there'd be some other people on to talk about the classic movies so they do and, and now if you're into old cinema these are the fucking lads to listen to because you'll get a whole hour of really in-depth talk for, like stuff that i still don't even know about like there's, there's movies and actors out there that they know in the same way that i would know mentioning people now if someone talks about christian bale i can tell you everything he's done blah 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 you bring up these actors from 1938 and they have all the info on them and this is this is pre-internet this is lads who have just known this shit their whole lives from being the biggest film buffs out there but as i said in the in the classic sense so the show would be one week 
I'd see like whatever I could in the cinema and then we'd shit talk about them maybe a few TV shows we always have to preface those with them or prefix what's the word I can't think of the word but we'd we'd have to be like oh yeah I know this isn't a movie but but with this podcast I'll just be talking about whatever which by the way episode 3 of The Outsider is tonight because it's Sunday and holy fuck I can't wait for it although we get it uh, Monday on Sky Atlantic but uh, those first two episodes were just so intense I I said this to a few people to try whet their appetite for it and it's basically because Stephen King wrote it and you've got Ben Mendelsohn starring and uh, Jason Bateman who directed the first two episodes and it's basically Stephen King if he had written the fourth series of True Detective that's the atmosphere I'm getting from it so far and the tone and it's just I am blown away by it those first two episodes have me completely on edge but I'll I'll, I'll get into them uh, shortly but for that show we'd be talking about movies and some TV and then the classic show they'd be going on about the old stuff so I'd appear between shows and it got to a point where all the, the, the people who were doing the new releases weren't actually available so it would just be me on the classic show for a while and I kind of felt out of the loop there's a lot I didn't know about they'd be very subject heavy episodes so instead of just going oh we're going to talk about movies in the 60s they'd be like we're going to talk about this really specific actor from France from 1954 and I'd have seen or heard none of his fucking movies so it uh it wouldn't really suit me so I kind of I drifted off with that and I'd appear back now and then like for instance when Gene Wilder died I appeared on that episode because I've seen a lot of his stuff and I feel like I could have had some input then and I've, I've tried uh rekindling I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to be saying a lot of words and trying to remember their actual meanings um, throughout this and it'll probably get annoying for people but again, that's... I mean, you you decide to listen to this. That's your fault. But the... I wanted to get the radio show back on track uh, and sadly, it, it's, it's fallen through but I do... It might happen in the future. Who knows? But uh, myself and Ray Highland were... We used to have good conversations on that show so I said, I'd love to actually set up a podcast for Cracked Reel and it was kind of a half because i follow a lot of uh youtubers who be they'd be big influences on me as well now there's the, the video essayists who they're another fucking level i'd never get to their their level this is like tony zoo ryan hollinger rossitron is one of them oliver harper like all these lads they do these incredible like they could only be 10 minute videos but they're just packed full of information they're they're scripted like so they're they have a, a real purpose whereas i i don't do well with scripted stuff I find myself you know, unless I was like reading for a part so that's just a way for me to say I'd like to be a voice actor if anyone wants to fucking offer me any jobs but if I'm to try to get my point across or something if I, if I write it out it comes off very robotic and I don't like it like I, I did stand up a few years ago for a few shows and any time I'd try plan out what I was going to say it ju- I just sounded like absolute shit so I just went up drunk talking about being drunk and that seemed to do me well but I'm stone cold sober now, uh, unfortunately. But what on earth was I going to fucking say now? This is a, might be another regular appearance on this show. Is me forgetting the point I was about to make. Um. So yeah, the likes of those YouTubers that I follow, and then then again, like Red Letter Media and Chris Stuckman, they're a bit more in the direction I'd like to be in, just kind of shy talking. And at the time, I was kind of going between the two. I didn't really see myself being able to write these big essays and then read them out and there's a very uh, hmm, it's like an audiobook or something the way they do there is like it's, it's not how I wanted to go but I kind of had it in my head I would just do a podcast version of that where I talk about specific movies or a series in a big chunk 
and released them instead of episodes just had them as like there could be some of them are seven minutes somewhere nearly an hour uh the best one on that was the true detective two one or season two uh that was about almost an hour where i was just talking shite and i thought it went well like we, we just did it on the fly with a, a an h4 microphone and it i think it sounded grand but it, it just it didn't have the the atmosphere we it felt like we both put pressure on ourselves i think at least i think because i i said to him would you like to do this he said yeah and we said right we'll do it tomorrow but we were both kind of not as prepared and for the, the way i was talking about it too it was very like the radio i even though i was swearing and i was saying whatever i wanted i feel like i had stifled myself somewhat so i want to do this as naturally as i can so that podcast there are episodes up on youtube uh, i can't even really call it a podcast i, t- I suppose they're just audio reviews of a few things i saw and they're not that good I, I don't feel like i got my point across with a lot of them i suppose with true detective i did i don't know i haven't really listened to them in a long time um but i, I don't much trust myself from a few years ago and how i watch things I, I had a bit of a if you want to call it an epiphany over christmas i was watching this really great documentary called qt8 the first eight which is a documentary all about quentin tarantino's first eight movies and anyone who knows me knows that i am just the biggest fucking tarantino fan like he he could actually be my favorite director at the moment i mean it's hard to say because there's so many brilliant directors out there um but he's just one that i mean especially when it comes to talking about movies he's making lots of appearances on podcasts now so tarantino i am available if you'd like to be on but he just does all these different podcasts where they be subject podcasts or just free flow talking about anything and his reasoning for it's great because he thinks those five minute interviews you get in a like a press room or on the likes of Jimmy Fallon or something like that, you don't you're you're kind of just there saying, oh yeah, the movie's really great. It's out next month. Here's a funny anecdote that I have, and goodbye. Whereas with a podcast, he really gets to talk about the movie or movies that he really likes or whatever else, and it's just it's exactly what you want to be doing. So I was watching that documentary there before Christmas, and obviously his method of looking at movies like he finds the strangest movies and he finds the strangest things really cool um like feet for instance i'll never understand that part but he was at this screening i think it was in texas or no it was actually i think it was in his own cinema but he was just showing a collection of weird and obscure biker movies and shit from the the 60s and he's showing them in his own cinema and he just goes up there and he's just like yeah don't uh like pretend that you're cooler than these movies you're never cooler than these movies just sit there and actually enjoy what you're doing and he talks about or like all the people they interview they talk about how his whole passion of he just loves movies so much he'll he'll just sit down and he'll just enjoy what he's watching and that spoke to me in some way because for the last 10 years or well if you want to be technical say it's 13 years i've I've been a, a film critic and that's just with the radio show and then moving on to writing on what started as kev's movie reviews uh, which has now become cracked real and i found myself becoming too critical which probably sounds daft as if, if you're going to call yourself a film critic but i actually don't like fucking film critics uh, i find myself disagreeing with the the masses a lot more and i didn't want to be the same as all them anymore because like, i'd be watching movies that i'm actually enjoying and uh, there's a few that come to mind i won't even say them now because i might talk about them in the future but stuff that i'm watching and as I'm watching it, I'm going, oh, was this a tree star or is this a forest star? And I'm not really paying attention and I start kind of losing co- focus. So I'm like, okay, no, I want to focus and enjoy this. But even then, I'd be pulling the movie up on little things and I was like, these things don't matter. My main goal in life 
uh, well, <laughs> life makes it sound like it's not much of a goal, but it is, uh, is to enjoy whatever I'm watching. If I'm going to watch a movie, I want to enjoy it. If I don't like it, I'll explain why and I'll talk about why. And it could be venomous, depending on how much I really hate the movie. Or it could just be like, oh no, it does this well, but it doesn't do that well. I like to be as fair as I possibly can. But my main goal is to enjoy the movie. And I don't want to be sitting there not enjoying something just for the sake of critique. Like, I want my main experience of watching it to be my reasoning for whether I like it or not. Not just... Well, this scene had a bit of shit camera work. And now that can affect it if the whole movie is just full of shit camera work. It might throw me off. But I want to sit down and enjoy movies. So when I kind of heard that being his reasoning and the... the or not his reasoning, but what uh, his method for watching movies. I just thought to myself, you know what? I'm not going to be such a fucking grouchy bastard when it comes to watching certain things. I'm just going to sit down, watch and try and enjoy. And if I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy. And I'll explain why. Um, and there might be stuff I'll pull movies up on because like, I was talking to a few people online recently and Stephen in person about the Lethal Weapon films and I recently watched the four of those movies again which I love all of them really the third one I dislike now though I grew up loving all four of them uh, it was one of my favourite box sets I watched it to death the second one in particular I watched every day one and a half times for a whole week because for some reason it was shown on Sky 2 and Every night at 9 o'clock. And then obviously there was the plus one channel. So I'd watch the, the full movie. And then i watched the second hour of the movie. In total again. Because I was dying with a flu. So I just sat there and I was like I love this movie. I just kept watching it and watching it and watching it. And this before I owned it. And then obviously when I owned it I watched it a shitload more times. So I didn't actually watch the second movie for over 10 years. And it, it did me a good favour. Because re-watching it again I had a new love for it. Because I really kind of. Same with Road, uh, not Roadhouse. Rush Hour 2. Or Rush Hour 1. I watched that movie so many fucking times. That when I actually got to watch it again a few years ago it kind of felt fresh because I waited so long because you can really blow yourself out in certain movies although Die Hard will never be that movie I'll watch that fucking every time uh, although I don't watch it an awful lot in the one week I do watch it every year so maybe that does help but yeah when I when I rewatched them recently the third movie which was always my least favourite but I do remember finding quite enjoyable a lot of stuff about it really annoyed the fuck out of me I think what didn't help it was watching the first two movies only a couple of days beforehand because they were so fresh in my head. They're so much better. But the character decisions and choices really stuck out as dumb. So I don't know. It, it didn't land at me the same way. And then the fourth one really landed with me. So that was a film that I would... I'd pull it up on its mistakes because there are mistakes there and I, di I didn't enjoy it the same way I did. But, I mean, I've had people saying like, oh, you're, you're being too critical. And I was like, I'm not really. Like, these are problems with it. I did try and enjoy it. And I... For the most part, like, I did enjoy it. It's not like I, I don't feel like I wasted my time, especially on a rewatch, especially because I'd seen it before. But, I mean, had I been watching that maybe last year, I probably would have been a fucking complete arsehole watching it and just being like, oh, it's one of the shittest movies ever. But then I like I think back on some reviews I've done, some stuff that I said I loved, which I, th I think if you're going to be in any way useful as a, a film critic, you have to admit, not when you're wrong, but when you're, when your taste changes. Because, for example, there was a film I watched in 2018, I think it was. Um, and that was The Night That... Or The Night Comes For Us. And I fucking... It blew my mind. I was jaw on the ground in love with this fucking movie. Because it was the same lads who were involved with the raid. Doing the same kind of fight style and crazy choreography. But with, I'm talking, mortal combat level violence. 
Like it was insane. And I remember I watched it and it blew me away. I watched it a second time uh, with some friends who didn't like it as much. And it blew me away again. I was like, this is just fucking great. And then I watched it again last year. And I still really enjoyed it. But I, I, outside of the fight scenes, it's actually very hollow. And there's very little really going for it. And it's quite boring in places too. So it, I think being able to admit that from well, reviewing, I suppose, is I think is a good thing. Because I know people out there who, once they make a decision on a movie, they stick with it for good. And, I mean, there's movies I've watched that I didn't like that I've watched again and thought you know what that's actually fucking really good and there's films i watched years ago that i would spend years saying to people oh i love that fucking movie and then i watch it again and i didn't really like it and one of them is actually bad boys the one with will smith and martin lawrence from 95 and i feel like i had to make that distinction because there is another one with sean penn in 83 uh, and i remember getting into a conversation with someone talking about it for about five minutes and like oh, what are you talking about and i was like I'm, do you not remember this movie he's like yeah it's a prison movie i'm like no that's the other fucking movie well, i suppose most people would know this bad boy is more than an obscure fucking 80s one but again I suppose I'm preaching to my people here um, but on a rewatch it just fucking did nothing for me and instead of saying to myself like, oh no I still like it and kind of lying to myself I was like no I actually didn't really like it and unfortunately the same kind of thing happened with, with Lethal Weapon 3 and I, I think it's important to do that because if you, if you stick with your very first thought on a movie at all times it, it, it kind of makes you feel a bit daft <laughs> In a way, I guess. Um, but my point was, if I could ever fucking remember it, was that I watch movies differently now, thanks to that documentary. And what was the point of me actually saying that? That's another another game we're going to play now, where I try to remember what the fuck I'm talking about. I, I mean, this is my first uh, solo podcast, so I'm going to allow myself to uh, sit and bask in the fucking mistakes that I make. Because uh, it wouldn't be all that interesting otherwise if it was just free-flowing and uh, perfect you need mistakes they add a realness and an edge to it but I, I've, I've more or less forgotten the point I was going to say so I'll just go back to my initial point of the Crack Trail podcast and why I decided to do this so I had you could say years of practice on the radio and getting around to it and then doing their podcast and then listening to other podcasts with people I know so uh, the likes of Raiders of the Podcast uh, which is a great one and it's four people all around the world who they do it through Skype I imagine you have uh, the Scotsman Kevin Matthews you have well some appearance from another Scotsman the the good lad Kieran Fisher who has just exploded into the the, the industry now in terms of writing and getting his work out there and couldn't be more proud of him um, and there's also uh, the king of filth and trash which is uh, Tyler Hosley who I think he's from Florida. If I get that wrong, I apologise, but I'm trying to basically get a plug out here and remember everyone's names because there's a few podcasts I want to mention. Who else is on it, though? That's the question. Oh, I think he's Welsh. <laughs> That's uh, Craig Pay. God, I really should have researched this. But no, again, you, you, need, the, you need the age. You need the grit. Um, and then you have Dave M. Gray. And I'm going to say the full name like that because uh, that's all I know him as on Facebook. So... And I think he just calls him. Maybe he calls himself Dave Gray on the show. I should really listen again and see. But their podcast is each of them gets a movie chosen. Or they each pick a movie and say we all have to watch these movies. So they have four movies that they have to watch each week. And then they go on they talk about them all. And say what they liked about them. What they hated about them. And I think it's a, a good method. And it's a decent gimmick. And then you have 
a huge one, which is uh, this is one that I I don't listen to as much as I should because I don't think it's, it doesn't seem to be on Spotify, and I find it easier to get to things on Spotify or through a website. But uh, it's called the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, and that podcast I I didn't even know was a podcast for a long time because there's a movie group on Facebook, which if you've ever been in any of them, I'd say ninety percent of them are full of snobs, assholes, and people who just think they fucking own movies more than anyone else and there's, I mean, they might even be snobs they just could be complete cons. there was one I actually joined and I left it about a week later uh, they asked you what your favourite movie was as the first kind of as an entry point and if it wasn't a movie that was something they'd appreciate you weren't allowed in uh, now they let me in even though I said die hard so they must have some appreciation for that but I know there was like comments and uh threads on it where they're talking oh someone's after putting this in and they didn't let them in i was like you're fucking the biggest cunts and if you criticized the movie you were kicked out you weren't allowed to actually say oh well i, I didn't think much of now terence malick was one that i would criticize on it because i've seen a few of his movies and i absolutely adored the tin red line which someone smugly was like i bet you like the tin red line as if like it's not a fucking amazing movie but because it's not tree of life or fucking knight of cups or whatever them Movies I didn't really like. Suddenly I was the villain. And there's people in there who are like, oh, I, I really, really liked uh, Song to Song, but I hated Night of Cups. And they were just like, oh, you, why'd you hate that movie? Like, you shouldn't uh, complain about a movie if you've never made one and blah, blah. And going off on people, it's like, this chap's allowed to have an opinion. Uh, in their eyes, he wasn't. So he was kicked out. And I was like, actually, I don't want anything to do with this group. So there are a lot of groups like that out there who are just full of fucking pretentious cunts. And this group was a rare one where there's, I don't know how many there are at the moment, there could be 5,000 or maybe more people in it. And I'd say a decent chunk of them, and that's a lot of people, are, are really nice people. And their their whole thing is, even though it's about Midnight Cinema, the podcast, they kind of talk about anything. There's no real limit to what they talk about. And I, I like that. I think if you box yourself in, you're kind of stuck, then talk about the same shite forever. So if you're like, oh, we're just a horror podcast... I mean, there's lots to talk about with horror, but you might run out of steam. It's nice to be able to talk about what you like. And that whole group just has a really inviting, nice atmosphere. And I was there for a while, and they just kept going on about this podcast. I was like, what is it? And they go, oh, wait, this is actually a group for that podcast. And uh, it just fucking blew me away when I listened to it, because they, they go on for like nearly three hours sometimes, where they're just talking about movies, and you get really lost in it. And it's I, I tend to have podcasts on the background and doing shit. And that's I think that's a great one for getting stuck into stuff. And then there's uh, the Galway man Paul Moynihan's uh, Guys with Square Eyes podcast, which it covers like games, movies, and TV and whatever else. And that's a good perspective from the other side of uh, this tiny little green country, which I'd thoroughly recommend as well. But that's uh, that's a lot of plugs I did there. So those podcasts kind of showed me how kind of easy it is to really get going especially now something that was quite useful that the lazy dads did on their podcast was they they gave a bit of a breakdown because they, they hit a milestone there recently with a thousand listens in uh was it a year maybe less than a year which um i mean for just a, a small podcast grown out of the love of movies in the middle of dublin is pretty fucking impressive and what they did was they talked about what they they did. They got these microphones, what they've which they've recommended to me too. I'm using this microphone called a Snowball Ice, and uh, as you can probably hear, they're really decent quality, and they're it's about fifty quid, and they're they're high end. They just connect right to your computer, and you can just like I did nothing here to set this up. 
I plugged this into the computer. I got Audacity, which is a free program. And uh, they had another program about levels, uh, which I don't need just yet because it's just me on my own. Um, but they had two microphones on their podcast, so obviously they need something to kind of balance out the levels. And of course, when uh, when Derek goes on a tangent, or sorry, no, when Joe goes on a tangent, Derek tends to just uh, nod off when that happens. And Joe deafens the planet. Uh, usually if it's Derek mentioning episode one the phantom menace in any way um which is an easy way to rile joe up if anyone ever needs to uh, he won't appreciate the fact that i've given away his uh his achilles heel now or his achilles film um but yeah it, it, they kind of gave a breakdown on what they did to set this podcast up the programs they used and just why they decided to do it um so with that in mind and with years of talking on the radio and with writing reviews like as i said like i started off as kev's movie reviews on uh, blogspot and i would do reviews on there but it would actually take forever to set up and it was really daunting because i'd have a I was quite anal about what i wanted to do in terms of the details and it got to a point where i was just like i'd rather be writing lists and then i started uh, or I'd rather be writing reviews where people will see them. No one really wants to click links. That's the hardest part people can do. That's why I actually cracked real is on Facebook. Because um, for years of writing stuff on there, I'd share them on Facebook. Some people would read them. Some people wouldn't. I'd do my best and worst of the year. Uh, best kills of the year. Things like that. Something to make it a bit more exciting. They weren't very well, well written back in the day. But I decided, no, I'm actually just going to... And this before the days of Letterboxd too. But... um. I decided I'm actually just going to keep a complete log of everything I watch on Facebook and I'm going to post reviews underneath them all. Now, out of the thousands of films I've watched over the last six years, I've only probably done about half of the reviews I should. Which they're pretty good. I mean, hundreds of reviews is, is nothing to, to scoff at. But considering my ambition was to do a review for everything I've watched, it, it became a bit difficult. Although I've been quite good this year. I've watched 23 films so far and I've, I've reviewed all of them. But what happened from that was I decided, right, it was Kev Movie Reviews and then in 2014 set up that on Facebook and then I decided, you know, it doesn't really sound that professional when it's just my name and movie reviews. There could be a million blank name movie reviews out there. So I need to come up with something original and then I, as I mentioned at the start of this, I started coming up with movie vlog ideas where I was like, oh, could I interject a name into them and it just it they all came sounded absolutely shite and anything that i thought sounded in, in any way good already existed so i was like what the fuck can i come up with and eventually cracked reel just came to mind because i just pictured like a film sprocket broken and i thought oh, that's an interesting idea has anyone come up with it google it not a fucking soul out there so i said right i'm gonna i'm gonna use that and i ended up making the facebook page that i ended up changing the website name to that making fonts for it all this kind of shit made official emails for it which is is how i get in contact with distributors and such and uh i think it rolls off the tongue easily somewhat and it's memorable and i know i don't have to think about it ever again so that's why it's called cracked real but for years i wanted to as i said do this podcast do a radio show and then seeing how the lads did it and with it being a new year and or a new decade i should say i was like you know what? i'm just gonna fucking follow through with it so i went Wait for my birthday so I could get a bit of money. So it was my birthday there two-ish weeks ago. A uh, week and a half ago. And I said, I'm going to use that money to buy a microphone and I'm going to fucking start a podcast. And at first I was like, well, who am I going to get on? So I, I plan on having my brother on it. I definitely plan on having the, the lazy dads on it. 
and I might get in contact with some of the, the overseas folks to see do they want to do some I know some filmmakers who might want to talk on it and because as I said it's going to be fairly broad maybe some comedians and just see what happens with it but for this first episode I said no I want to do this myself because there'll be a lot of episodes where I'll have to rely on people and if I do that I'll be disappointed and I'll be stuck and I don't want to be building someone up and then going oh they're not here this week and then having nothing to put out so it's time to get used to hearing my fucking annoying voice over and over I think as far as I can remember because when you're not riffing off someone else you, it's very easy to forget I've forgotten several times throughout this podcast which uh, some of them are going to be edited out because there'll be long silences of me pinching the fucking bridge of my nose trying to remember something for a solid minute and a half I'm like actually I can't can't have dead air like that but um i think i've given a decent enough introduction to what i want to do here like i want to my goal is to talk about movies is to recommend movies and to get people watching movies because i think there's a misconception that critics just want to go out there and shite on movies i don't want to shite on movies ideally i'd give everything fucking five stars because i want to see five star movies all the time but that's not the way it is and there are critics out there who will go out of their way to just be contrarians and cons, and they're only doing it for clicks and whinging about stuff that doesn't matter about movies, which I'm going to get into a lot of that stuff in a different podcast. It'll be stuff about the way the industry's gone, fucking political correctness in movies and all this kind of shit. Like, I'd, I'd love to get into all that. Not that I'd love to, I, I, I can't wait to, because I'd love to suggest that I may do it or may not, but I am going to do it. But my my goal is to get people watching movies. I love recommending movies to people. And I love having... Um, geez, my voice went a bit fucking Morrissey there for a sec. I love finding out what people like. Because I think probably one of the most annoying questions I've been asked... Because I'm known as the movie guy within people I know. So people will sometimes come to me. Sometimes people will avoid what I'm saying. Because they think, like, ah, oh, he just likes pretentious Farvels. Like, no, I fucking like everything. But... When someone will say, oh, recommend a movie to me. That does my fucking head in. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how anyone can just ask that question. Like, oh yeah, that one. Because it's like, you don't know what this person likes. Someone could only like fucking Sex and the City movies. And go, oh, recommend a movie. Go, oh yeah, stick on Green Room there. You'll enjoy that. A fucking brutal Assault and Precinct 13 style thriller with fucking neo-Nazis stabbing people to death. You'll enjoy that. Like, I, I like to find out what people like. So... If people recommend or if people want recommendations, I go, okay, well, what kind of movies do you like? They go, oh, well, I'm kind of into comedies. What sort of comedies do you like? Oh, I like the likes of fucking Superbad. We're like, okay, I know a lot of movies like that you'll enjoy. But if they, do, if they just say I like comedy, I could be like, okay, I'll recommend you something. And they're like, I only like comedies like Blaze of Glory. And there I am recommending fucking like smarter, higherbrow comedies or something like that. And they'll be like, oh, no, this is shy. This is boring. So if and, and for the record I fucking love Blades of Glory and I love stupid comedies but I think it's important that people know and because c- being stuck trying to recommend something without any real information is a pain in the earth. so with this podcast I'm also hoping like I plan on doing a lot of movie reviews on this but what I'm hoping to do is break down these movies in such a way that I can make them appeal to people whether I'm talking about stuff that I've just caught over the week, whether I get into a conversation with someone about movies, I want people to hear these, hear about these movies and go, you know what, I really want to fucking check that out. Not just go, oh, they're talking about movies and that's it. I'd like to be able to get recommendations out there, preferably shit people have not heard of. I mean, it's nice to remind people of a movie, so something like fucking Inception. Everyone's probably seen Inception, but there might be people out there who haven't who would be like, oh yeah, I must actually get around to that. That's fine, but I'd love to just come out with some movie that nobody's heard of. I'd be like, fuck, that sounds really good. And they look it up and they love it. And then that sends them down a bit of a rabbit hole. 
of movies. Like, for instance, an amazing movie like Blowout, which is a Brian De Palma movie. Now, everyone knows Carlito's Way, Mission Impossible, Scarface. Everyone knows those movies and everyone loves those movies. But Brian De Palma has some fucking amazing thrillers through the 70s and 80s that people don't really talk about. And Blowout is one of them. And that, that was actually the movie that landed John Travolta the role in Pulp Fiction. Because Tarantino saw Blowout and said, this guy is fucking incredible. It's a proper dark thriller as well. Uh, and John Lithgow is in it too. And is it Nancy Allen? I think it's Nancy Allen. Um, but that was one that Tarantino loved. And then obviously Travolta went off into obscurity for a while. And he was like, I love this guy from Blowout. I want him in Pulp Fiction. And now look, his career has had several trajectories since. So hearing about that movie I remember it was one I saw in college and I don't think I ever would have heard of it maybe until recently had I not seen it in college so getting to hear about these movies and then recommend it to people I've shown it to friends who have loved it and I've recommended it to people who've loved it so I think getting to hear about these movies you might not hear I've sent you down a rabbit hole because off I went then looking at more Brian De Palma stuff the likes of uh, Body Double which is a fucking very Hitchcockian style thriller and that's what a lot of his stuff is like and then you've dressed to kill as well it's um a, a serial killer going around murdering people in a poor description of that film but these are movies that you'd never think of because everyone thinks about scarface they think about untouchables and these films fall by the wayside and these are the ones i want to talk about and get get out there for people and have people searching out these movies and looking for more and that's the main ambition and I suppose if I can achieve that with this podcast while talking about new movies, while talking about lists, while talking about best of the decade and things like that, I want to I want to cover a lot of shit on this podcast for the simple reason that I I feel like it would go stale if I limit myself. If I decided I'm just going to talk about new movies, yeah, you'll get the listeners, but it, it would probably become boring after a while, especially if the only new movie to come out is something like Cats. Like if I'm just sitting here, well, actually, that would probably make for an interesting podcast. But if there's just some fucking run-of-the-mill middling movies no one gives a shit about and that's all I'm talking on the podcast, it won't really get people interested. But if I'm able to talk about a whole broad subject, if I'm able to go, well, I'm going to talk about crime thrillers from the early 70s, I can talk about them. But in the same podcast, I can go, oh, by the way, I I saw Jojo Rabbit the other day and I can talk about that. So I I don't want to be limited. And I've probably <laughs> I've probably repeated myself a thousand times in this fucking thing. Because as I said, without having someone to riff off, you kind of you lose track. You forget what you're talking about. With people, you can remember. Like I, the podcasts I've done on Lazy Dads, I have a, a distinct memory of everything we talked about. So it all came together well. And if I'm ever thinking back on the episodes, I know what I've talked about and what I haven't. So it's a bit easier. But again, I mean, I'm happy. I've, I'm heading to 45 minutes now of just complete shy talk about what I'm planning on doing here. So if you're in any way interested in what I talk about, then great. Uh, that's a a fucking start somewhere but i suppose rather than just trail off uh, in nonsense which i've been doing for the last while i'm actually going to review two movies that i saw both movies actually are kind of a workout in a way like they're so fucking stressful and intense that you actually feel like you might have lost a few stone watching them the first one only came out there two weeks ago on the 10th i think yeah the 10th and that's sam mendez's however you say that the new film by Sam Mendes, 1917, and I actually saw that back in December, sometime early December, because I got to go to a press show and that, and thankfully it was in IMAX, out in uh, the point uh, in Odeon, and fucking hell, that is the way to see it, I think, I mean now it's been out nearly 10 days, but anyone who hasn't seen it yet, 
go to it in IMAX. That is the way to see that movie because the sound is so fucking loud and intense that there's really nothing like it out there and it just fucking completely blew my mind. And it's it's done quite similar to Birdman in the sense that it's a presented as if it's one continuous take, but it's there are several hidden edits in there, and I think the average moviegoer won't notice them. I noticed a good few of them. Some I didn't. There's times where I'm looking at it going, "How the fuck did they achieve that? Like that's incredible." But and there's other certain times where I can see the way he might be hopping over into a trench or something like that, where I'm. I'm quite aware of what they did but again it never took me out of it I was more just impressed going that's that's a very smart way of doing that I should probably explain what it's about too it's about two uh, young soldiers in uh, World War One who have to travel over crazy harsh terrain to get to fucking uh, well harsh terrain makes it just sound like it's the the actual fucking ground that they're walking in but I suppose they have to travel through a war zone to deliver a message about an ambush that's going to happen before this big attack is to go ahead because Hundreds and hundreds of soldiers are going to die because of it. But you're following these two guys who must be between 16 and 18, age-wise. Now, the actors are probably older. But they just have to get through this crazy war zone to deliver this message. And it's so intense of them going through bunkers, trenches, planes crashing around them, bullets firing past them. Every gunshot in this movie is deafening. Like, if you've seen Dunkirk, I remember I saw the 70 mil of Dunkirk. And the IMAX, but the 70 mil actually I think was louder because the sound in uh, the IFI cinema is just unbelievable. And I was at the back too, so that's where it's particularly loud. That and the front uh, are the loudest parts of that cinema, I think. But the first gunshot in Dunkirk just set the fucking tone nearly. Like I was just immediately on edge from that. And this film is the same. There's, there's parts where there's explosions going off really suddenly and you're just fucking... You can't relax at all watching that movie. Technically, it's mind-blowing how they achieve some of it, going from cranes to handheld and all sorts, or steady cam. And the film itself, I think, is a bit marred by the trailer. I think that, like, now, of course, when I watched it, I had just seen a teaser, and it blew my mind. Like, I love the film. It was one of the best films I saw last year. It's technically a 2020 release, but I saw it last year, so I, I included it in my, my 2019 movies. But I, it it's just fascinating. It's really gritty, grim, merciless and intense the entire way through you really don't know where it's going to go especially on the technical side and how they're going to achieve stuff a lot of that with the score in it is amazing too but a lot of it will come down to Roger Deakins and the cinematography because he's just he's just the greatest it's it's outrageous what he can fucking do with a camera and behind the camera and just the stuff he comes up with and what he achieved here is something else but yeah the, the, the trailer for the film when I watched it the second time it kind of has a lot of the money shots in it and that does take away, if you had seen all that stuff first, it, it would take away from it. And I, I did kind of have a, see, I don't I don't even want to mention who's in it. I don't remember any credits at the beginning. But when I saw it, I obviously knew there were certain actors who were due to appear in it. So there's times where they're getting through the movie and I'm thinking, well, this person hasn't arrived yet. So I, I kind of feel like nothing's going to happen to these yet. And yeah, it, it does kind of hurt the movie knowing too much about it. I think that film could have just been compiled from the first 15-20 minutes of the movie to give an idea of how tense it's going to be without showing all the kind of the big parts of it because I mean there are long stretches of the movie where it's just intense brooding wondering what's around the corner is there something around the corner like it there's a lot of that in it but the trailer makes it look like it's going to be more on the side of Dunkirk which is just 
it feels like one hour long or t- nearly two hour long intense scene non-stop and it just has you completely on edge Th- this is a lot slower a lot more build to it but uh, I-, I would actually recommend the two back to back if you could see if you could go to a, some IMAX they, I think they had them in England where they had the 70 mil print as well if you could have a 70 mil print of Dunkirk playing in IMAX followed by an IMAX screening of 1917 you would be down several fucking stone by the end of that movie or that double bill um but yeah I, I, I don't like giving too much away about certain movies now so, some movies i can talk about and give an idea of what's in it because it's a different feeling like a movie like this you're just constantly wondering what's going to happen next i suppose you are with any movie but i don't even want to mention who's in it because you're expecting these people to show up if they're people who show up early in the movie it's fine to mention them but um I think if you're going to sit there watching the movie the whole time wondering who's in it it'll just annoy you but 1917 is one that I just I can't recommend enough on the big screen I think it's a phenomenal film and it's just blisteringly intense don't know how strong it would be on a rewatch I, I had the same no actually no I, I half take that back because I mean it is still so good and really intense and really fucking entertaining but like a movie I watched a few years ago called Eye in the Sky which was one of Alan Rickman's last films a couple of his last one and Helen Mirren and a few others a lot of people in it. it's about the, the, the English and the American army I suppose who are trying to decide whether or not to drone strike this area that could have a potential terrorist in it and they're weighing up all the uh, collateral damage and potential civilian deaths and all that stuff it's really really gripping and the whole movie you're absolutely sweating on edge wondering are they going to do this what's going to happen and I think if you're to watch that a second time you're going to lose a lot of that tension because you know what happens uh, you might be focusing on other things in the scenes but it's a very direct storyline so I think a lot of that tension is sucked out of it and that's not necessarily a bad thing if it's your first time watching it it's still going to be really good but with 1917 I think it'll still hold a lot of that tension but you're kind of more aware of what's happening with certain characters so you're not as uh, I suppose not as on edge but don't get me wrong this is one to see in the cinema I'm dying to watch it again it will be a different experience slightly but it's still going to be fucking amazing and I just I thoroughly recommend it to everyone out there that's one I mention now because it's it's a newer film like so far this year I've only seen one new movie uh, and that was yesterday because uh, I'm recording this on a Sunday I think I might have mentioned that before but yesterday I finally got around to seeing the Safdie Brothers new movie Uncut Gems and holy fucking shit I needed a serious lie down after this that was the longest fucking bus journey ever I had to get a bus home from town to come back here and go straight into my bed and just lie down and go I just my energy is zapped it's by Benny and Josh Safdie who did Good Time which was I think I actually had it as my favourite film of 2017 2018 there's a lot of films that kind of compete for top spot because I, I mean last year in particular or sorry 2018 in particular no I think it was 2017 I watched that but uh, in 2018 I had I think four or five movies that were all competing to be my favourite movie of that year so it was quite messy but I think Good Time actually aged out in 2017 and that film just blew my mind and it was further proof you need that Robert Pattinson is actually a superb actor and in that movie he's just a total scumbag low level kind of criminal and his brother who's mentally challenged is going to therapy and trying to kind of better himself in that world and his brother is just like, no, you have to come with me. We're going to do this job. And he, he just constantly pulls him into shitty life decisions in an effort to, in quotes here, have a good time. 
uh, rather than allow him to actually get better. So you have this heist situation which completely fucking blows up and you're following these two brothers. One of them, the, the disabled brother, play, played himself by Benny Safdie. He ends up injured and goes into like a, a lockup. Well, I suppose it, I think it is prison, but he goes into a lockup anyway. And then you have Robert Pattinson as his brother, who's a scumbag, who's just trying to bust him out of there and trying to continue on and get away and sort this heist out. And there's just so much going wrong. He meets all these crazy characters along the way. He gets into situations. All of them are unpredictable. There's movies you watch where you're thinking, oh, I know what's going to happen here. This movie, I was like, I have no fucking clue. And the best part about it is, he's a scumbag. He's a piece of shit. He's got absolutely no redeeming qualities. The only quality you could consider redeeming is that he cares for his brother, but he cares about him in a shitty way. He thinks that by his brother going to therapy and trying to fix himself, or at least help himself, is a bad thing, and he just wants to bring him on his own adventure and whatever else. And... uh it kind of has you invested. You want to see more. And it's it's always exciting seeing all the shitty situations you get into. The horrible things he does to people. And him being such a scumbag. Yeah, he's your main protagonist. And they're, they're experts at that. Their, their movie before that was called Heaven Knows What. And uh, it's about drug addicts in New York. I think all the movies in New York. Um, I haven't seen Daddy Longlegs yet. Which I think was their first feature. I'm dying to see that. Uh, and they, all, they always shoot on 35mm too. And it just looks amazing. But with heaven knows what, you're following these characters who are like awful fucking people. They're not just like, there is a sympathy to be had with them being addicts. But some of them are actually just terrible people. Really awful, vile people. But you find yourself invested while watching them. And with good time, that's the same thing. You want to see more. You're excited by the bad decisions and the the human error that goes on. And it's just blisteringly intense. And I, I love it. But... This new movie, Uncut Gems, is so much more intense than a good time I didn't think it was possible. Because you're following Adam Sandler and he's a bit of a... You could call him a charmer because he, he does really well in placing bets and getting money off people. And he's really good at it. And he owes money all over town to loan sharks. And they're fucking... They're violently coming after him is the best way I can put that. Like they really... They'll kick the fuck out of him. They'll do whatever they have to do to get their money. And he's always putting them on the long finger and he's always coming up with excuses and any time he gets into a bit of cash he just finds a way to fucking try gamble with it and it just the guy's an asshole he's annoying he's really fucking irritating and he's never stupid i couldn't say he's just kind of flawed with his addiction to gambling i think all these movies are about addiction nearly heroin addiction the thrill addiction i suppose in good time and in this one it's just gambling and the guy's an annoying fairly obnoxious really sleazy he's an asshole but there is a kind of likability to him. And I don't know what it is. And I think actually that I think that could come down to the fact that it's Adam Sandler. And I've said a million times before, when he's in the right role, he's actually one of the best actors out there. He's phenomenal. Like look at Punch Drunk Love and Rain Over Me and to a lesser degree, uh funny people. Like that's a, an alright film, but he's really good in it. And Meyerwitz stories as well. Um like he really knows how to to combine his drama and his acting together to do something really special. And in this, he's a piece of shit but you really feel for him because I think Adam Sandler gets that out of the role he's sympathetic in that he's not malicious he's not bad he's just he just makes bad decisions and he gets in stupid situations and every time he does while it's exciting to see more and like with uh, Robert Pattinson's character uh, Connie Nikas or, or what's his name Constantine Nikas they call him Connie with his character you want to see more. You want to see him fuck up. And you want to just 
see how where this thrill ride is going to go with Adam Sandler's character Howie you're sitting there going I do want to see more but I, I really feel bad for him I want this to work out for him every time he puts a bet on you're like please please work out you're just you're always on edge but you're sympathetic on the edge and you want to see him succeed but it's just you've no idea you've no idea where it's going to go and that tension all the way through fucking hell I, I actually had pains in my body by the end of the movie because the whole time you're like oh shit how's this going to work out like there's this whole the whole plot of the film is that he gets this really rare orb black orb I think it's called from Ethiopia it's just like it's worth millions and he's trying to basically auction this off but the basketball player of, of all people Kevin Garnett who's really good in the movie too and I think other basketball players have kind of proven themselves as <laughs> decent actors at times uh, LeBron James for instance in uh, Trainwreck as, as weak as the film is he's fucking hilarious in it but he basically he, Kevin Garnett finds like he's really passionate about this stone and he really wants to have it he's like look this will give me the best look for my basketball matches and this kind of throws Adam Sandler into awkward situations should you give it to him and I don't want I don't want to actually go any further than that like this is stuff you can figure out from the early trailers and things like that but this movie I was so on edge the whole time squirming in my seat every time he would make a bet it's it's just it's so sad to watch but it's so intense and you're so gripped by it and it's just you generally don't know where it's going to go the score is amazing as well the guy's name is uh, I, I don't know what the fuck he calls himself I think his name is like Daniel something but he has this weird stage name like Aphex Twin and Richard is it Richard D. James I can't remember his actual name something like that but he's got some mad name it's like One Thrix <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how the fuck he even say his name but um for another episode I'll figure that out and introduce the episode of that but he the music in it is just so overbearing and intense it's the same guy he did the same score for a good time and in that it's constantly playing throughout it it's like it's like the movie's surrounded in the music like it doesn't just have songs that come over certain scenes it's just constantly playing constantly moving in and out it's rarely quiet but it just builds this atmosphere and it kind of it's somehow really nice music but also really tense and there's also a, this kind of scholarly Italian Euro dance music at a certain point in the movie, which actually works so well with the movie. Uh, a lot of kind of real celebrities too. That guy, The Weeknd, the musician, I think he's in it. I think it's the real guy playing him, but it's, it's set in 2012. And I think that's when his career was just kicking off. So he's playing in like a small club or a pub or something like that. I'm not entirely sure how long he's been around. But um, but the music in this film is just, it's it really grabs you and has you on edge the whole time. I th- I'm pretty sure I've described nearly every movie today as on edge in one way or another, but it's true. It's it. I feel like my vocabulary will will expand somewhat the more I talk about shit. But these movies that I've mentioned today are all movies that just have you right on the edge of your seat, wondering where the fuck they're gonna go. And that movie in particular is very strong. And similar with like all their movies. Well, from what I've seen anyway, with Heaven Knows What and with Good Time, both of those movies have serious I don't know if you could even call it mumblecore because mumblecore I tend to think of as just it is improvisational but it's a lot it's a lot more subtle and realistic with this everyone is talking at the same time if there's if there's 10 people in a room you're going to hear everyone talking it's not just going to be like background chatter faded down so you can hear the two main people talking everyone is talking they're all talking over each other responding to each other at the same time and it it feels so fucking natural but it also adds to the the tension because 
and with the music and with everyone talking over each other you're almost exhausted when it's already kicked off like five minutes into the movie but obviously as it progresses it becomes more and more about seeing things go wrong not wanting to go wrong actually caring about the characters even though the guy's a bit of a piece of shit I mean he's not fucking Robert Pattinson piece of shit in good time but he's he's a sleazeball and you kind of some of the stuff he deserves some of it he absolutely doesn't and it's it's just it's a a tense and mean movie and it's really fucking it's just blew my mind had I'd seen that last year I think there was I can't remember if it was a screening I think there might have been one just before the new year or it might have been on the new year um, that w- would have been very high up in my best of 2019 so far I mean technically it's the best and worst film I've seen this year because it's the only one I've seen this year from 2020 but there's some serious fucking competition against other movies now like I, I can't see a lot of movies being able to to knock this one off the top list I mean I, I do say that every year I mean last year Dragged Across Concrete was my number one movie for a good portion of the year but then I had a few movies that actually passed it out so it's I think it's like my number five or something like that I am going to do a list I was thinking I might write that though uh, I do intend for anyone who's interested I'm going to be doing it'll probably be the full podcast but I'm going to have my top 100 movies of the, the 2010s uh, which took me a while to really figure out I'm still kind of tweaking it but I'm going to do an episode which covers all of that but with last year like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood obviously surpassed uh, Dragged Across Concrete and I say it every year there could be something that will beat it I'm always surprised but this year on Cut Gems is a fucking seriously high bar to try be and I'd, I'd it's actually finished in the cinema unfortunately today was the last day for it Sunday uh, I mean it finished yesterday in the IFI which is where I saw it so obviously with that Dunkirk level sound I had blasted in my head it just added to the tension there was actually two walkouts and uh, during the more intense scenes in it uh, which says a lot about it and I think that comes more down to the sound more than what's happening Uh, also there's a certain point in the film where I actually saw like a fucking jack in the box three people throw their hands in the air like oh fuck and it was just it was a special moment it's something that I don't think you would have got at home but in ways I do prefer prefer watching movies at home because I think I can't well maybe not that I concentrate better but no, I tell a lie. If I see a movie in the Lighthouse or the IFI, I tend to enjoy it a lot more than if I see it in Cineworld or the Odeon. Because there's always fucking noise and shit going on in the Odeon and it makes me hate people and it makes me hate going to the cinema. But if I see it in those cinemas, they tend to, uh, to have... Like, like you don't get the casual viewers in there. Like with the Odeon or Cineworld, especially with those passes, the unlimited and the limitless, um, you have a lot of people who will just go see anything. Whereas... If you're going to go to the IFR the Lighthouse, you're, you're definitely going there especially and I think you want to actually go there and watch the movies uh, rather than just kill time. And I noticed that in uh, Cineworld in town. A lot of people could just have shit to do or they could have planes to catch and they just take a fucking two-hour break and go, I'm going to just go to the cinema, kill some time and then go to this. And they don't really care and they talk throughout it. and It's very annoying. Um, but that's very specific But Unfortunately, you won't get to see this in the cinema because it's finished now, but it does come to Netflix on the 31st of January. So, because it's a Netflix production, which goes to show that they still are, they have their foot in the game and it's fucking brilliant. Um, I'm not even going to get into fucking Netflix now. I'll say that for another episode because there's a whole big debate I've had with people about it. Um, 
and I can understand their reasoning, but I disagree with it. I, I think Netflix is an amazing platform, and what they're what they're offering filmmakers is fucking fantastic. But Uncle James will be appearing on Netflix on the thirty first, and I cannot wait to watch it again because it's attention like no other. And I I implore people if they're gonna watch it to fucking first of all watch it in the dark. It drives me insane when I see people fucking I look because I follow a lot of movie people on Instagram and or even in the, the movie groups and if I'm watching a movie I tend to keep a log of it on Instagram as well as Letterboxd which I highly recommend everyone look up I'm gonna actually going to give a link to my Letterboxd uh, at the end of the episode but I have a full log of everything I've watched ever on Letterboxd uh, but consistently by date I have it from 2014 the 1st of January 2014 I have a, a log of every movie I've watched but I've been kind of doing it on Instagram through their stories as well but I always take a picture of the screen or the, the title card of the movie and then that's me sort of I don't have to worry about it then but I watch movies in the dark and it drives me mental. Like if, uh, if I'm watching something with my mum, maybe I'll watch it with a lamp on. She hates, she'll fall asleep. She falls asleep if the movie's in bright light even. But I just have to make sure that because she, she'll enjoy the movie better that way. And I don't mind. I tend to be watching stuff I that doesn't require darkness. It could be comedy movies. You can watch them in the light. I don't give a fuck. But I see people who are putting on intense horror movies or intense, like really big scale action movies and you can just see a fucking triangular lamp reflecting in the screen I'm like how are you watching this movie with a fucking lamp if you went to the cinema and you had a big triangular light in the middle of the screen you go out demanding your money back and I see people who have neon lights behind their TVs and all this kind of shit and all this stuff going on and I'm like you are zapping so much atmosphere out of this film experience by doing that so I'd implore people who are going to watch Uncut James watch it in the dark with the sound up loud wear fucking headphones if you need it good quality ones and just envelop yourself in this fucking world and go to the fucking toilet beforehand too i know there's the convenience of being able to pause a movie and go for a piss whatever else but this is a movie you don't want to pause and uh, i i mean i saw some people getting up and coming back throughout this movie it's hard to kind of to miss them but they're actually the only times i was broken from the movie at all there's there's big periods i was watching this movie where I, it could be 25 minutes where i've been just completely in awe sucked into it and i don't even realize the time gone by and to me that's a fucking that's a a serious movie when it can get your attention like that i forget that i'm in the real world i'm in their world and there's not a lot of directors who can do that but these lads know how to fucking do it so yeah uncut gems essential viewing watch it on netflix in the dark on january 31st and 1917 there's serious oscar buzz about it which by the way actually yeah speaking of oscar buzz which i'm gonna do another episode on the oscars closer to the time but uh, Adam Sandler definitely got snubbed. Now, I haven't seen The Two Popes. I don't really give a fuck about Popes. <laughs> so it, it doesn't really grab me that much. Although I do like Jonathan Price and I do like uh, Anthony Hopkins. So I probably will watch it. But I, I honestly doubt. Now, it's probably unfair for me to say because, like I said, I haven't seen it. But I doubt that the Jonathan Price is going to put in a better performance than Adam Sandler did in this. He was totally snubbed. Now, my performance of the year is probably still going to go to Adam Driver. Barely edging out... Um, Joaquin Phoenix for the Joker but I mean the two of them plus Leonardo DiCaprio plus Adam Sandler 2019 was just a blinding year for performances now I suppose 2020 for for us with Adam Sandler but absolutely outstanding so he was definitely snubbed for that but I think because 1917 is almost a shoe in for best picture which a lot of people think which I wouldn't be upset about because I mean this year's such a fucking good year for what's running that I'm almost happy with whatever wins Oh yeah, Eddie Murphy was snubbed as well, but I'll, I'll get onto all the snubs and shit in a different episode. 
but because it's a, a likely best picture winner 1917 will probably be in the cinema for a good few months I remember Django Unchained was in cinema for well after the Oscars as well because it did so well so 1917 is likely to stay there so you've lots of time to see it but whether it stays in IMAX is another question because there's obviously going to be I think Black Widow's out in a couple of months and that'll probably kick it off uh, the IMAX uh, screen so see it if you can or when you can but make sure that it's IMAX and you're in for an absolute treat uh, I'll quickly just give my letterboxed and what's it called so it's my Facebook page name so my letterboxed name if you can find it one sec so let it load now so if you just go to letterbox.com which is l-e-t-t-e-r-b-o-x-d dot com forward slash k underscore shields 92 then you'll find my page which has a complete log of everything I have watched from 2016 or sorry from 2014 by date uh, with hundreds of reviews and complete statistics for every year that I've watched stuff and everything else like it's really interesting so I, I absolutely love it and I actually have the pro version which is like 15 16 quid a year it's well worth getting because just get them jesus uh it's well worth getting because it gives you full analytics for everything you've watched by i i won't even get into it now i'm gonna actually i'm gonna just plug letterbox officially on another day but that's that's exactly where you want to go if you want to see all my reviews all my ratings i've star ratings for stuff which again is another thing i want to get into I have a lot of topics to cover on this. That's another reason why I'm starting this podcast. Because I've got a fucking 1,500 ideas for shit I want to talk about. Which aren't broad enough to turn into articles. But they're enough that I can shit talk about them on a podcast. Uh, and I'll hopefully have a guest for episode 2. I'm likely going to be uh, doing a double episode with the Lazy Dads guys. So I'm going to be appearing on their podcast. And then recording my podcast directly after. And releasing them probably a day apart. That'll hopefully happen in the next couple of weeks. Also, in terms of when this comes out, it's going to be very laxed. I'm not going to say, oh, every Friday or blah, blah. It's going to be possibly every week, possibly twice a week, possibly every two weeks. It could be whenever I do it. Uh, and it'll vary in length as well, depending on who's on and what I want to do. But at the moment, I'm actually going longer than I thought I would. I expected I'd only get half an hour of shit talk. Uh, and I'm probably talking really fucking fast, too, for a lot of listeners out there. Maybe American listeners, because, uh, I mean, I know Americans who have to watch Irish and Scottish films and stuff like that with subtitles on. So maybe the speed is a bit too much but yeah letterboxd absolutely go there you can find out everything i'm doing i have my my top four favorite movies of the previous month every time i do it and even though i have a a a dated log from 2014 of everything i watched i've gone out of my way before while listening to podcasts by the way so the likes of lazy dad and whatnot i went through each decade trying to find everything i've seen and marking them off so i don't know how accurate this is because i'm sure i've missed a lot that i grew up seeing in the 90s and what else but according to this, I've seen 3,515 movies in my lifetime. I feel like it could be more. So if I ever think of more, I add them. But I'm quite impressed with that. So yeah, that's my letterbox page. I'd recommend actually getting the app too. It's, if you're a fan of films or if you're keen to actually log stuff yourself, it's the best place to do it. Uh, and of course, where you've probably heard this anyway, but if you're hearing this elsewhere, this should be on Spotify when you're listening to it, I hope. And probably YouTube I'll see. I might break up the, the review parts into YouTube and see what I do from that. But if you go to facebook.com forward slash cracked real, so C R A C K E D R E E L, that's where you'll find my whole log where I've put uh gee, that sounds a bit weird. Where my whole log of films that I've put out there and uh, reviewed and shit I talk about, polls and things like that, and as in film polls, not Polish people. And um I also have my website where I've got lists, articles, things like that. And 
appearances I've had elsewhere and the likes of That's Not Current and there's a lot to cover but like I said this is just an introduction there's a, a lot more to come and uh, if you've actually made it this far because what time are we fucking pushing now I've been going for a long time here nearly an hour 20 minutes holy shit so if you've uh, <laughs> if you've enjoyed this for the last 80 minutes feature length podcast of me talking shit please let me know please do share it around and uh, does anyone want me to talk about if you want to send questions in I'll answer questions I'll do different topics there's a uh, there's a lot of wiggle room with this podcast. And if you want to be on it, and I think you're sound, then get in contact. So for the first episode of the Crack Trail Podcast, I say thanks for listening and uh, go fuck yourselves. Actually, that sounds a bit too Bill Burrish. I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm teething off people. I just wanted to say something rude at the end. So um, you're all cunts. Goodbye.